Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. I have something on my heart I want to share today, and uh, it it will be, uh, some of it will be, um, I don't want to say a culmination, but over the past uh, 12, 13 weeks, as we've been meeting multiple times each week, uh, we've we've heard quite a lot, uh, you know, just wonderful revelation. We've you know we've we've heard uh, the, the importance of identifying with Christ and of reflecting Christ, uh, and these things are very important. We have heard messages that I don't think we would have had a chance to hear and learn things that I would not have gotten a chance to have that perspective on, and it's really increased my uh, my handling of the word of God and I really like that in fact the Bible says that you know we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is uh, but coming together and encouraging or exhorting one another encouraging one another even so much more as we see that basically the last days the day of Christ approaching well at that time the Bible says that the church was meeting daily in the temple and from house to house. They were meeting in Solomon's porch on the temple area and they were meeting from house to house and they were meeting and praying every day. How much more than <laughs> when you see the day approaching? He's not talking about you know more multiple times but how much more important it is for us to come together and so I have appreciated uh, the, the church especially in the state of Texas but the word of God has been rich to us and to so many other churches, and to so many who were at home and pushing into the Word of God themselves. We have found a deepening of our relationship with God, both individually and in a family manner and corporately. It has been a good season for the church, a difficult season. But we have found that when things get difficult, God gets good. And it seems as though it's the goodness of God that leads men to, to, to turn toward him. But, none, uh, but, but, but uh, even considering that, it's often the difficulties in life that push people into God. Many times people do need to come to the bottom of their barrel for some reason, the end of their road, before they actually turn their lives over to Christ. That's not so about everyone, but it is so about so many that they ultimately come to a place. You know, Sunday morning, uh, the, the people that came to the altar Sunday morning to receive Christ uh, with talking to me, Personally, I don't know how many others uh, got to pray with people. Uh, and whenever you know, I, I, I told people to come. You know, if if you know if if you have been born again, if you prayed the prayer, you know, I had three or four people Sunday morning that I specifically prayed for, and I've had several over the last few weeks. And each one of these that I prayed for had come to a place in their life where they could not handle their life anymore. And they identified, self-identified as needing Jesus, as needing something, as having made a mess of their life and wanting to turn their life over to Christ and needing the salvation that came uh, through a, you know, a, 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 a confidence in their prayer of salvation. And uh, uh, it, it, it just seems as though that, that people are hungry for Christ in this time. And so I've appreciated all the meetings. 
But uh, I have something. Uh, we're going to be looking in, in, let's start in Romans, the 12th chapter. Okay, Romans, the 12th chapter, and uh, verse number 1 and 2. Uh, and we'll pick up on a few things that we have done, but I also have a message that I want to share uh, and, and, uh, uh, to, so that I can handle it and so that uh, get it out. Uh, Romans the first chapter, Romans tw chapter 12, rather, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is reasonable that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, that we live a martyr's life, that we live a sacrificial life. That means that we don't necessarily live for ourselves but we live for him. It's reasonable that while we are in this body, and the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, I command you, I encourage you, I implore you, I'm begging you, you know, uh, that you present your bodies, your, while you're in this earthly tabernacle, that you present yourself to God a living sacrifice. Not a dead martyr, but a living martyr. Someone who has abandoned self-pursuits and has rather sacrificially offered themselves to God, okay? Uh, you know, uh, uh, because it's our reasonable service. And then in verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but uh, rather what his hope for us is, is that we would be transformed. Don't be tangled up this this concept of conformed uh, uh, is 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 a picture in my mind of throwing out one of those open rod and reels one of those open reels and you throw it you know trying to cast it and it backlashes on you have you ever had something so tangled you ever reach into the drawer at home everyone seems to have a drawer at home that has a lot of junk in it it's your junk drawer and you ever uh, you know uh, get a piece of uh, you know try to get a piece of string out of there or, or or anything else and it's a chain and it's all just just jumbled up and you don't even want to bother with it you ever have that feeling I'm, you know uh, I'm, I went to sew a button on one of uh, 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 my pajama shirts this week a button had been off of it and and I didn't like it because when I sit down it the, there wasn't a button from here down and 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 my tummy stuck out and, and I thought I don't even want to look at that. And <laughs> so I, I needed a button. And Brenda was busy, so I went and got up in her closet and I got the sewing stuff down and I got the button and I got, and I, I thought, well, I'll get ahead of the game and I'll get this, I'll, I'll go ahead and thread this needle uh, with a long piece of thread because no telling, you know, I mean, we always can use thread. So I'll just get ahead of the game and instead of just getting enough for me, I'll get enough for later. That thing tangled up on me so many times and not tied up knots and everything. I, I, it's like getting that clear plastic tape out. It, you know, if you get a long piece, don't. Because it'll fold and twist and you can't, you know, duct tape or anything, or grill of tape. You can't get it back loose. Well, nut it up, nut it up. And I thought, wow. Well, this is the picture of conformity. It is a Greek word that I cannot pronounce. And I'm reaching way, 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 way back, years back. I'm going to call it schematized. <laughs> Okay, I have no idea that that, be, that that would be close. If you look at it, you'd know where I got that. And it means basically to be all tangled up with, to be all knotted up with, to be all confused by and entangled. Do not be conformed to this world, but rather be, you know, go through a process of metamorphosis, of actually becoming something that you are currently not. Reflecting an image that you currently do not reflect. 
changing, a real change, a real change that causes a, 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 a reflection of that change. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? As we renovate, that word renew means to renovate our intellect. As we begin to think differently, as we begin to think differently and, and, and process life differently, we begin to intellectually process things differently. And that's, you know, but be transformed through the process of beginning to think and process things differently. So that, now here is the end hope of God. This is what all this is for. So that we may prove what is that, you know, um, uh, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is the whole goal that God has for us. The reason why we present in, our, in this body why we are living sacrifices is because God, if we will become a living sacrifice then and enter into the process of renovate, renovating our intellect, it will clear up our confusion, begin to untangle our lives, and we will begin in this process to reflect a different image. God does not have three wills. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God does not have three wills, as you would imagine, that, that, that you can just choose from which one of those to do. And he's not, uh, you know, multiple personality God. Uh, these, if you will, are graduated experiences as we begin to grow and go through the process of metamorphosis and begin to, to uh, reflect a greater image as we continue to renovate our intellect, okay? Uh, this concept of good literally means, what is good for me, okay? What's, what, what is good for me? What's good for me? It's all about me. This is a place, uh, we could, you know, we could call it a babe in Christ, when a person gets born again. Now, this has nothing to do with a number of years. It has to do with a maturity process that could take someone, you know, effectively could take someone uh, days, or it could take them weeks, or it could take them years, or it could take them more than this lifetime, okay, to go from one stage of maturity to another. Because we all know people who are you know, been a Christian for 40 years and still everything in their Christian experience is about them. Okay? And in fact, we have whole denominations, whole groups of churches that teach a message that is really all about me. It makes Jesus some spiritual Santa Claus, you know, and he's here for me. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. You know, it's all about me. It's all about, you know, uh, it's what's good for me. God wants us to prove that good will of God. 
God, God wants to make it about us. Just like we want to make it about our child when we bring our child home from the, from the hospital. We want to make it all about them. It is all about them. It is about them. And that's the first thing that they learn. And, they, 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 and, and, and it should be that way. And that's good and that's wonderful. And that's a great experience. You know, This is the time of life whenever we have to feed them. This is the time of life whenever we have to bathe them. It's the time of life whenever we you know, have to listen to them cry. It's the time of life whenever they cry at 2 o'clock in the morning. You get up and go see what they want, and you try your best to figure out what they want, and you give them what they want. Why? Because you want them to stop crying. <laughs> and you want them to know that you're there to take care of them. And you want them to feel safe, and you want them to feel fed, and you want them to feel, all of these things. That is a picture of, of, of what the, the metamorphosis we go. God wants us to become a living sacrifice so that we can present ourselves you know, uh, 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 before him you know, in a process of renovating, and it's a constant process of renovating. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, you know, this, this, this is hopefully what God wants. And uh, acceptable means basically what benefits others. Okay? And acceptable. What will God accept from me? It's a place of service. What will God accept from me now? Not, not it's all about me. But rather, what will God accept from me? You do the same thing with your child whenever they get about, you know, uh, you know uh, I don't know, three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You begin to expect a little bit more out of them. And it's not only about them. Now you say, look, look, no, no, uh, you had one. Now your, your brother can have that. Your sister can have that now. No, it's about someone else. Okay. No, that toy is not, yes, it is yours, but you have to share. And oh, that's a horrible that, that's a horrible thing to have to learn. Whenever all you've had is is me. Whenever all you known is, is good. All you've ever known is good, and all you ever expected good, and all you want is good. Okay? Have you ever known somebody that did not want to go through the next stage of development, sharing or doing something for someone else, or going where someone else wants to go, or this time they get to get pick the movie, or this time they get to decide? You know, oh my goodness, it's a, there are other people. I'm not the most important. Are you serious about that? Do you mean that you, you, mom, dad, you love them like you love me, and you want me to love them like I love me? Oh no. And some people never get out of that stage. One of the ways that you can know when a child is progressing through the normal stages of behavioral development is that, uh, you know, you, 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 you set a doll down in front of the child, you know, and the, and, the, and the doll is facing the child, you know. And you say, what do you see? And they say, oh, I see. Well, tell me what you see. Oh, I see a, a, a doll's face and it's smiling at me, okay. Now you're on the other side of the table. And you say, what do I see? And the child says, well, you see a doll's face because they think everybody sees what they see. You know that they are progressing normally through some child development stages. Whenever you say to them, what do you see? Well, I see the doll's face. What do I see? Well, you see the doll's back of her head. All of a sudden, they can see something from someone else's perspective. Okay? Now, there are a lot of people who never get there. <laughs> and they're, you know, 70 years old, and they really think everybody sees it like I see it. There is only one perspective. Okay, uh, stuck in a stage of childhood development that did not develop. Okay, and it's all about me. Okay, what benefits others? This one here is all about what God, you know, not just what God will accept, but what God wants. Let me tell you, this is a process of growth and seeing things from different perspectives. Jesus was telling a parable 
of the sower who went out to sow seed. Do you remember? Specifically, this scripture is in Mark, the fourth chapter. I believe verses 27 and 28 will, will share this particular truth. He said that, that the kingdom of heaven is like as if a man who, who, who goes and he sows uh, seed in the ground and he wakes and sleeps and wakes and sleeps and he does not know how, but the earth brings forth fruit of itself. Okay, First, the blade... Then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And if we were to look in uh, Matthew chapter 13, for example, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is, is telling the parable of the, of, of the four different types of soil. You know, the good ground, you know, the, some, some was sown in stony ground, some in, you know, and these are they that are sown in good ground. They hear the word, they receive it with joy, and it brings forth fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold, okay? Same type of process. Um, we see these over and over and over in the Word of God. We should desire milk as a baby, but all who use milk in the Word of God are unskilled in the Word of God because strong meat belongs to those who are full of age, and the stronger the meat... The, 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 you know, there are 30-fold revelations of God's Word. When someone asks me a question, I normally try my best to discern their maturity in the Lord before I can answer that question. First, because I want them to understand it. And then I want to bring them along. A first grade teacher teaches that you cannot take six away from four. Okay? Right? You have four apples. You cannot take six apples away from four apples. I mean, that's what everyone has to learn. You have to learn that. You have to learn that, even though the teacher knows that that's not the whole truth. But the teacher has to teach that because that's the truth upon which the foundation must stand. But then whenever you get about in the sixth grade and a teacher says, take six away from four, and you look at her like, you can't do that. Yes, you can. It's negative two. Wait, wait, wait. There's a whole thing I haven't learned about. Yes. There's a, Jesus said, I have things to tell you about now that you cannot receive right now. There are a lot of things you don't know right now because you can't understand it. But what you need to understand is this. You need to understand this first. Okay. It's very important. That we understand that there's a lot of things we don't understand. In fact, the ultimate, the Bible says, is that when we see Christ, we shall be changed to be like him because we will finally see him as he is. And we will know as we are known. But right now, I see through a glass darkly. Right now, I don't see the perfect picture. You know, there are things in the Bible I don't understand. That thing about God killing every man, woman, child. Whew. Telling them to go in and massacre every man, woman, child and kill all the animals. Does that bother anybody else? 
That's just not my good picture of God. And it doesn't necessarily fit my acceptable, what's good for others. But it is the perfect because God said do it. I just am, I don't have a full grasp of that. I mean, am I making any sense? Now, I'm, 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 I'm laying these things through here, and we've, 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 we've talked about some of these things before. Let's say, for example, if I were going to overlay, uh, you know, um, forgiveness of sin is all about me. Okay? I mean, my forgiveness of sin is all about me. It's where it starts. I get forgiven, and I get saved. salvation it's it's all about me it is but there comes a time in my life when I need to really begin to witness to others okay and my witness is a place where I've grown up and it's not all about me I now become a witness and I become a witness because of the power of the Holy Spirit and when you have received you shall receive power Acts 1 8 when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. Acts 1 8. And then, ultimately, to, to step into a place of holiness, you know, which I personally don't imagine I'm going to get there until I get to heaven. I'm sorry if that you know, uh, flies in the face of, of, of other people's hope for me or their doctrine, but I do believe that one day that I will reflect Christ in such a way, my heart will be so pure, and it will not just be uh, you know, about me and about my witness, but I will absolutely be holy. Holiness unto God. Not just a place of service for him, but a place of holiness to him. Now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this, okay? And we could overlay this with so many other things, okay? Uh, Pastor Ken did a great talk on the tabernacle, you know? Oh, the, the, the outer court and the, uh, you know, holy place and the holy of holies. You know, uh, in this same you know, everybody was welcome here. You've got forgiven of sin. You had to be in service to God as a Levite into here and a high priest into here. So, you know, you, you can be, you know, a child of God, a Levite, a priest, you know. Uh, these, are, these are progressions. And it's a place to where we lose more of ourselves, as Romans said, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. And we begin to uh, offer ourselves to God in increasing amounts as we continue to untangle our lives because we're tangled up with the world. Uh, almost without exception I believe that people who walk in this world as the book of Jude says that our garments get spotted as we're walking in this world and, uh, uh, and, and, and we get affected by this world. Lot though he was a righteous man living in the midst of all of that unrighteous conversation and sodding and more the Bible says it vexed his soul it confused his mind we 
are, are, are bombarded every day with, with uh, 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 the, the, the confusion of the world, with confusing and competing thoughts, fleshly thoughts. The Apostle Paul, uh, you know, uh, uh, talked about how he had to, you know, uh, what he did is, 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 is he said, I crucify my flesh daily. Every day he had to crucify his flesh. Why? Because the flesh wars against the spirit. In this body, there was something competing in his mind and in his body with what God wanted for him. You can read about it in Romans 7 and Romans 8. There was a competition going on. There's a competition going on in each one of us. And what it's competing for is it's trying to tangle us up with the world. It's trying to get us entangled with the world. It's trying to, uh, uh, in, in some way, water down, in some way, uh, uh, mix, in some way, confuse. You don't have to go very far to find children today who are confused about their sexuality. I was speaking with a family this week. They are so concerned because they want their daughter to be a witness at school. But when they are going, when their daughter is going to school, her best friend uh, has decided that she is uh, not, uh, uh, no longer identifies as a girl, but feels as though that she might be a guy. And uh, uh, this is an elementary. And, uh, and, and the mom says, I want my daughter to be a witness, but my daughter is coming home confused. <laughs> Very confused. Because once you put a face on sin, it begins to confuse us. Once you put a name on sin, it starts to confuse us we start to somehow back off of the perfect, you know. And if we're not watchful, we can get back to the place where it makes it all about us because we don't want to seem, you know, unloving, unkind. We don't, I mean, we can seriously make it, if we're not watchful, all about us again. And just absolutely atrophy spiritually down to the point. And then we begin to lose our victory because the victory that we have here is not the victory we have here. These are the bless me, feed me, heal me crowd. These are the people that he sent out two by two into all the world and, he, and, 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 and every place he would come. And he said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. He didn't say learn how to appease devils. He said, cast them out. Don't put up with that. Don't suffer them to speak. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I give you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay? Make sure you're getting other people saved. But, and when someone begins over an issue, whatever the issue is, when someone begins to lose the fruit of their life, and all of a sudden, they're back down here where the only thing that there is is life. They're born again. They're on their way to heaven. But it's only just about what's good about me. They're living in a 30-fold revelation. Thank God they're saved, but they're now in an outer court. 
and they're providing no witness for Christ. It all of a sudden makes us lose our victory, makes us lose our joy, makes us lose, you know, whenever we allow ourselves to just fall back down to protecting ourselves against the will of God. And we actually become no help for someone else. We provide no light for others. I'm not saying that we should go out, you know, with a fire hose and water young plants. But I am saying that we have an obligation to grow up into Christ so that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I have accepted the fact that whatever God does is right. I have accepted the fact that I don't understand. But when I see it in His Word, He's right. And I will follow His Word. And the moment I stop following His Word because I'm upset with Him or because I think I know better or because I just begin to fall from the grace of maturity and growth to carry the load of Christ. A few nights ago, in fact, a week ago, I was teaching in the ladies' Bible study next door, and the lady uh, uh, asked a question. One of the ladies asked a question. Uh, I had no background information. I, I, I didn't know this lady. Uh, uh, Pat was there. Perhaps the lady had been coming for a while. Uh, uh, LaVon was there. Maybe the lady was coming for a while. I don't know. Uh, but she asked a question, and so I had no background. Because I had no background, I was absolutely free to share the truth because it didn't have a, it, it wasn't an issue. It was a principle. Okay? After I shared the principle of the answer, someone spoke up from across the room and said, uh, should, I, should I fill in with a little background here and kind of, you know, I mean, I, I understand the pressure here of trying to make somebody feel better because they just got told something that sounded a little bit harsh, sounded a little bit true. I mean, it was, and it was delivered with kindness. It was delivered with grace. But yet, our tendency is to say, oh, no, it's okay. It's, it's absolutely okay to, you know, to, you know. I mean, I could, all of a sudden, I felt in the room uh, that same pressure. And, and the woman spoke up and she said, oh, no. No, you don't need to share anything. I got what I needed. <laughs> I got what I needed. And you know what I, you know what I said to her? Here's the principle. I mean, because I'm, I'm, and I told them before we started, listen, I can't speak to issues tonight. I can only speak to principles. There are too many people. If you want to talk about an issue, that has, that's a counseling session. A teaching session has to be principle-oriented. So we, I said, if y'all ask me any questions... Don't expect an issue answer. Expect a principle answer because you know, issues begin to tear the Word of God apart because it puts a name. Well, you know, well, you know, uh, well my parents, you know, honor mom and dad. Well, let me tell you what dad did to me. Uh, okay, that's a counseling session. Okay? And at the end of the day, in counseling, when it's over, you know what I'm going to say after six months of counseling? Yes, honor your father and your mother. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For this is the first commandment with promise. Now I'm hopefully going to help you come to a place where you can understand what that is and how to do that. But that's a counseling session. Okay? So when this lady asked the question, you know, uh, um, you know, this was the question. 
Um, what do you do when you've prayed and prayed and prayed and God's not doing anything, basically? Uh, that was generally the question. I don't remember the specific, but you've prayed and prayed, but, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, and you've done it. I said, okay, well, there are two things that every person should understand. Number one, you know, is that crying will deliver you. Okay? And number two, you cannot cry your way through life. Sometimes the answer is no. Deal with it. Okay? Number one, crying will deliver you based upon uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3. I, am, I have heard the cry of my people and I've come down to deliver them. Okay? God sent Moses down because of the cry of the people. Crying will deliver you. It will. But over in Numbers, the 14th chapter, when they did not go into Kadesh Barnea because the ten spies brought an evil report, and they got, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, and, 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 and the Bible says they cried all night long. And God said, uh-uh. You know, you can't cry your way through this one. It's going to take faith and faithfulness. Somewhere you're going to have to grow up. Okay. You can't just enter into the promised land with it all about me. You can't just enter into the promised land on the goodwill of God. You can't just enter into the promised land and think you're going to keep eating manna. It, you're not. It's going to stop. You can't enter into the promised land and, and, and me take care of everything. That's what God said to Moses. Whenever Moses stood up and, and, and lifted up, you know, and, and, well, he stood up first and said to the people when Pharaoh was chastening him and when the Red Sea was there, uh, he said, be still and see the salvation of the Lord. God said, Moses, why did you tell him to do that? That ain't true. You lift up your rod, Moses, and the seal part. And basically the implication is you don't, it won't. There's a place where God expects us to begin to move from a place to where uh, God does everything. He rains manna every day, and he's got a rock following us, and he's pouring out. And we ask for everything, and ask for everything, and ask for everything. And he might even finally give it, even when we ask him for meat. Oh, you know, there's quail. Oh, we haven't had any meat. Well, okay, great, fine. Okay, you want it here. And they all get sick and start puking and, and throw up everything. And yeah, yeah. Why? Because you're a bunch of whiny crybabies. You cannot cry your way through life. Grow up. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's not yet. And sometimes it's not about you. Get over it. Okay? Well, I didn't say it exactly that harsh. But some of the other folks there, and I did not particularly know this lady, uh, felt that they did know her. And they perhaps felt like, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, LaVon, did it feel like it was a little direct? Did you, uh, you know, yeah. I was so proud of her answer. Yep. She stopped. No, you don't need to give the background. I got exactly what I needed. She said, my takeaway is this. I need to grow up and quit being a baby. I need to quit whining to God at, about why he's not answering my prayer. I just need to learn to suck it up and do what he called me to do, whether he does what I ask him to do or not. Boy, there is a big step. Okay? And I think, honestly, and with you know, intent, she took that step. 
and said, okay, I'm going to quit blaming God that I don't have what I told him I wanted, what I didn't get for Christmas. Well, we cannot cry our way through lives, through our life. You can, but you're not going to get, you, you, you know, you're just going to keep getting manna. You know, you're not going to get, you're not going to live in the promised land. Manna stops when you go in the promised land. You got to start working. And somewhere in life, you know, somewhere in our spiritual life, we have to make up our minds that we are going to present our bodies a living sacrifice to God, which is our reasonable service, and we are not going to be conformed to this world, but we are going to be transformed because we're going to change our mind instead of keep on trying to change His. And we're going to prove, and we're going to grow from this technon to weas, from this child of God to a full son, daughter of Christ. Full sonship, the full corn in the ear. I would love to have the hundredfold revelation. I would love to have a hundredfold understanding. You know, I don't know where I am on this scale. I certainly hope I'm not below 60. Okay, well, that's my word for today. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.